This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Susan McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Today, we got a doozy of a question. A doozy. Yeah, it is a doozy. Do you know what the word doozy means? No. Do you know? Can you tell me? Um, I don't. In my brain, doozy is a word where you're like dizzy. But like mm. kind of doozy in the brain. Michael, today I have a question that is real authentic. Are you ready to tell us the truth and be real? Um, it depends how invasive the question gets. Oh, it's pretty invasive. All right. This is what we have today. Pastor Michael, what have been some of your roadblocks in your personal Bible study and how have you overcome them? Well, I've had a lot of roadblocks. In fact... Uh, in the sermon I gave, uh, I think it was a week and a half ago. What mm-hmm. was the date of the January sermon? 19th. January yeah. 19th. Yeah. Yep. I shared at the end of it roadblocks for like common roadblocks that we hear. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is that most of those roadblocks I have had. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you maybe in this last season of life. So being a pastor and like preaching every single week puts the word of God in your life in a very common, very normal rhythm. And so I hope like, so. at the time of this recording, right, just, just imagine kind of my world for a moment. So last week I preached in an eight-day period five separate messages, Mm. right? So that's like five different pieces of content. That's just a lot of prepping and communication. Now I knew about them, so I didn't prepare them all that week, but I, but, um, like for me, my rhythm and my life is very much just, I'm in the word. It's a part of my job. It's a part of my life, but there is a really, really big difference between being in the word because I'm preaching and Mm -hmm. loving the word that I'm preaching. So Mm. I prefer to know as far in advance as I can of what I'm going to be talking about so that I can kind of just sit on it and let it work in me a little bit. And so I had a chapel that I did at at a college in the area. But I started really prepping the message, I think about three and a half weeks ago, okay. just to make sure that it was kind of doing its work in me before I got up in front of a few hundred college students and mm-hmm. just kind of pulled something out. So for me, though, like I want to talk about this last season because this season is one where I'm filled with being in the word. Okay. Number one, uh, here's the first, I would say, big roadblock. I already know a lot. Mm. And here's one of the challenges with me in, in like preaching. I get asked a lot of questions, so I overstudy. I overstudy to make sure that that I can answer any question you ask me. And uh, is it a pride thing, an insecurity thing? Uh, maybe at the beginning it was, but I sh- I, now it's become like a protective thing for me. And so um, I have like a, an unusual amount of information in my brain about the Bible because I've been – I've taught over a thousand sermons and yeah. put together – a couple thousand messages. You know what I mean? Like that's just like my life. And so with that and with a degree and all this stuff and two Bible degrees, whatever, like I accrue this information. But um, there is a rebuke that I gave myself in the sermon, which Mm -hmm. is behind the lie that I already know a lot is this idea that like the point of Bible study is to accrue information. And that is not the point of Bible study. Uh, we talked about in the last Q&A podcast, last episode, which if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, just definitely yeah. go back and listen to the last one. Um, because what we talked about is that the lie is that the purpose of Bible study is the accumulation of information. That is not true. Yes. The point of Bible study is to know God personally. Mm-hmm. And so as somebody who knows a lot, and this is interesting because my knowledge comparison is compared to other people. Right. Not compared to the vast amount of information about God's heart and his mind that is in the actual right. word of God. Like it's like the whole like I'm a great basketball player because I'm playing with third graders. Like, well, no, like 
I'm with a bunch of people who didn't go to seven years of education right. and preach thousands of sermons. You know what I mean? Like that's right. not a fair. Right. It's, it's your job fair. to it know is, stuff is what you're saying. Correct. About you know? the Bible. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. So I delude myself sometimes into mm. thinking that because I know more than most people about right. a specific subject. Right. That somehow God and I are vibrant together. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. That you don't need to do more yeah. Bible study. Right. And and because the, the point of Bible study, even the word, maybe we should just change the word because we're studying the Bible. It should be like get to know God. I don't know. That's so right. cheesy. Right. I don't have a good word right. for it. Maybe somebody should coin like a new concept that's like right. God and I are going to spend some time together in mm-hmm. his word. I'm going to mm-hmm. dig into the word mm-hmm. like I would my wife's day. Right. You know, like I want to know you. I want to know what happened to you. I want to get to know like your heart. So that's number one. Um, I definitely um, find myself of like avoiding sometimes just mm-hmm. devotional time with God, relational time with him uh, because of that lie. Here's another one. Um, we were talking about when we got in the studio yeah. earlier today, like um, I make a lot of decisions and I make a very small amount of decisions compared to the decisions that need to be made a village. Right. Oh yeah. But true. the ones I do have to make, I do make a lot of them on a day-to-day basis. And if, if they're kind of at the point where I have to make the decision, they're usually bigger, more trajectory shifting decisions. Right. And so I get to the end of a day sometimes. And when I think through all of the weird conversations, the good conversations, the sad conversations, the joyful conversations, the confrontational conversations, Mm -hmm. the mediations I'm in. Like my brain could go all day. I could do 18 hour days, but like, but when I get home, I choose to kind of stop, but my brain is so tired. Mm -hmm. TV is one of, it's like the siren call. Like they, I read a study where it said, um, your brain does less work watching TV than it does when it sleeps. Because oh, when yeah. you're sleeping, you're at least dreaming, you're active and it's processing. Totally. When you're watching TV, the TV does like all the work for you, you know? Right. So one of the things I have to do is make sure that I am processing my day mm-hmm. and I'm not just running to TV or a glass of wine to right. medicate or ignore or numb myself. Like, I really do have to face the reality of my day, you know, mm-hmm. and I have to soak it all in so I don't just, like, deal with overwhelming stuff and then act like it's not there. Right. If I had spent as much time in God's Word as I, as I have watching TV after long days, mm. like, my relationship with God would be exponentially probably closer and deeper. Mm. Um, so that would be a big one, which is, yeah, my brain is tired. Um, and also because my brain is tired and because I teach. Yeah. There's this lie inside of me that is when I read the Bible, I have to mine out the gold. Right. And I need to be reminded that sometimes when I read the Bible, it's just to receive. Yes. And it's not to always find the deepest thing. Yes. And that is hard for Bible teachers. Oh, yeah. Just to sit and just right. to be, to to listen, right. which is why like the Dwell app that we just gave our church last week is so valuable to so me exciting. because it gets me out of having to look at all the words and I'm just able to hear the word of God. Um, huge for me. There's a, a third roadblock, which is anytime my marriage is tense or struggling. Um, it's interesting because I think mm. of like Peter when he says, uh, uh, basically husbands love your wives for the sake of your prayers. And there's this correlation between the relationship you have with your wife and the spiritual just dynamic going on inside of you. Like if this relationship isn't okay, there is an automatic, because of the nature of the scope and the depth of the relationship, there's an automatic effect on your relationship with God. And so when my relationship with my wife is not okay, like I don't want to pray, I don't want to read the Bible. And so uh, I would say like when we're in like a season of tension or struggle, 
the last thing I want to do is devotionally, thoughtfully, relationally read the word because uh, God's going to be like, repent, repent, repent. Right. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I remember that as a child yeah. with my parents, the days where I was like, oh, I was an awful kid today. <laughs> you're not going to go to the Lord because right. he's going to be like, you need to go say you're, you're right, sorry. You're awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved right. the church. That's right. not going to be here right now. Right. And you're like, I'm in the book of Psalms. I'm not going to find that verse. Right. Oof, something else yeah. is going to Conveniently, the spirit of God always yeah. has a way of saying that thing. Yeah. That thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I would say those are like some some biggies. And I do have a perk in my life, which is my life and my job are structured around being in it. Right. So for a lot of the times for me, I have to overcome whether it is uh, mental exhaustion sometimes right. um, or relational tension in my life. Um, if I have actually relational tension with anybody um, – my wife is the most prominent there. If there's going to be, if it's going to be there, yeah. um, everything kind of just that takes over my brain. But if I have relational tension, my personal relationship with God becomes very challenging. Well, yeah. And the devil knows that. So he's going to attack yep. that because he doesn't want you to have a good relationship with God. Yep. Right. So oh, you look sure. at your relational tension with your kids or yeah. with your wife or with a close pal. And it all is to bring you away from getting in the word. Totally. And, and that's why like with my with my friends or staff or whatever, I'm just like, if you hear me say it all the time, short accounts, short accounts, short yep. accounts. Like I, my heart, I, my heart doesn't have the, probably the ability to endure my close relationships being at odds for too long, you know? And so yeah. partially that I think it's healthy, but it's also a good protective mechanism. I think it's biblical too. Like when close relationships are strained, our spiritual life is strained and, and short accounts and reconciliation are just, you know, sin keeps us from God. Totally. Every time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just is the way it works. That was so helpful, Michael. I appreciate your insights. That was vulnerable. Yeah, Shoot. it was. I appreciate it, though. I think everybody will. This is the next question, though, for next time. I have a lot of guilt and regret over my relationship with God's Word. Is this normal? That's awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. And so Village Church and friends and people listening to this, I want to invite you back uh, next time. And if you have questions, please submit them. You can go to vcob.org, find our media section under the Q&A podcast. You can submit questions there. We'd love to go after your questions, hear what's on your heart. And thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next time.